Welcome to week three of Radio Rehab Storyteller Series. Thanks to everyone that has tuned in for the past couple of weeks. This has been really fun. We've been getting a lot of great feedback, and we've got more great shows planned for you this week. If you're new to Radio Rehab, we have just started doing a daily show where we have a guest host who's in for the week, and we have daily topics that we discuss on each different day of the week. If you like what you hear or have ideas or questions or comments, we will give you our contact info at the end of today's episode. This week, Doug H. from Lyric Recovery Services joins us in studio. Check it out. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome to Wednesday's episode of Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana, here in studio with producer Shar and our guest host for the week, Doug H. And since it is Wednesday... Uh, What we do is Epic Attic Fail, which is something that we did that was crazy and during our disease. The point of it is because I know that there's people out there that maybe think that they've done things that are so bad that they can never recover from it. And we're here to show you that, yes, you can. And at some point you can laugh about it because otherwise, why'd you go through that? So Doug H. joins us again today. Thank you so much for coming back, Doug. Thanks for having me, Dana. So uh, have you thought about your epic attic fail story? I have a few, but I, I've, I've narrowed it down to one particular okay. one. Okay. Uh, and so uh, so I, I lived, uh, and we talked about, I lived in the, in the city of San Francisco, uh, not in, in, a, in a building, but I lived on the street. Uh, due to my my yeah as we and, do yeah but I I was like you know I was the the type of of addict that I, I was too afraid to you know to rob anybody or steal you know for the most part right I would boost right stuff yeah, like that yeah. right so one particular uh, uh, day uh, I was doing my route and my route consisted of collecting aluminum cans and bottles and I had this little route that I established. Right. I, I had it, it was my route. Nobody could take it from me that went down Sixth Street across Market around the Tenderloin, Eddie and Jones. Yeah. And, and I did. And I had a couple of bars that would throw, you know, me like a, a, a bunch of bottles and cans. And one guy gave me a, a, like every every time I'd go by, he'd give me a half uh, of, a, of a bottle of wine. Right. Oh, wow. Nice. I don't know how old it was, but I didn't really care. It was like <laughs> right. road pop. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So I'd have that sucker. And and uh, and, and, the, and so I do that numerous times a day and I'd make like 40, 50 bucks, you know, every time I'd go to the recycling place, I would, I would, you know, cash in. Well, one particular day I needed more. Imagine that, you know, I needed more than what, you know, than a 30 or $40, $50 bag, you know, I needed more. And so I was thinking about how I could make that happen. And, and, uh, and I came across, uh, this construction site, you know, this little, they're, they're building a building and, and I saw this door and it was an aluminum door, right? And right away, I'm thinking, I wonder how much I can get for that thing, you know, <laughs> right? Oh, because the door is aluminum. It's and aluminum, you're thinking, yeah, If I aluminum. can get this much for a can, right. what can I get oh, for a door? Big score. Huge right, score, right? Right, And so uh, so I didn't think about it too much. So I went to, I went over to Macy's, uh, and, and I'll, I'll just make my amends now. I'm sorry, Macy's, and, and uh, I, I'll have to make, uh, uh, you know, some maybe monetary amends later. But I stole two belts. Uh, uh-huh. From Macy's, and I got the belts because I needed a belt to tie the two shopping carts together, and I needed a belt <laughs> to make a harness so I can put this door on the shopping carts and then and then get down to the recycling joint, right? Because right. I didn't have a truck or anything yeah. like that, right? And so I ended up uh, grabbing this door, uh, and I didn't think anybody saw me, and they really didn't. You know, I was pretty sly, and I grabbed this thing, I threw it on the cart, and I took off, and it was two thirty in the afternoon. 
Uh, it was on a Thursday. I remember the day. Broad daylight. Broad daylight. And I'm going down through the financial district, headed towards 6th Street, down to Townsend to, to drop this door off. And I got pulled over by the cops. And at the time I got pulled over, my thought was, why are they bothering me? I'm not doing nothing wrong, right? <laughs> I'm so out there, right? I got a door on two shopping carts down the middle of 6th Street, horns honking and stuff, right? And the cop, uh, you know, the, the, the other cop, that was the passenger was laughing. He was he was almost peeing himself, right? Right. And the other cop said, "Really, dude? Like, really? I had a warrant at the time too. Oh, so no. make a long story short, I got I got busted and I got extradited. I had to go all the way back to Southern Cal, and I had to you know tell the judge or to, the judge actually told me, "What were you doing, dude? You got a door." And <laughs> and, and when they asked me when they asked me uh, where did I get the door, I said I found it. Right, oh my I found God, it. Yeah, anybody found just a finds door. a door, right? right? Goes down the street. So that's one of my epic fails. You know, it 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 actually got me to uh, think about getting clean, right? Yeah. When I went through the extradition process, I I went through uh, L.A. County, and L.A. County had another. Not to kind of tie two stories together, but when you book through L.A. County, they do this thing called nuts to butts. Right, and so nuts to butts in LA County through <laughs> the book. That's the worst pro- name. It's ever. a horrible name. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. And when they told me about uh, this this nuts to butts process, I was like, "What's that all about?" Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm what thinking, does I'm gonna, nuts to butts mean? I'm going to have problems, right? Yeah. And so when they X-ray you for TB in LA County, you have to straddle a bench and you have just boxers on. <laughs> And the guy in front of you, you you have to touch his back with your belly and vice versa. And then you guys sit on the bench. And oh, my God. And I said that to myself. That is hilarious. Yeah. I said, I'm never doing this again, ever again. And I did it four more times after that. So <laughs> anyway, there's my epic. That is so funny. I know. I always thought it was bad, the whole like strip down process when you get arrested. Like I thought it was bad being a girl having to cough and all that <laughs> and like standing there with some guard looking at you, asking you what size underwear you wear. You know what? It's like, you're looking at me like you should know what size. Right. Oh, my God. And like trying to joke with them while you're naked. It's like really the worst clown you've ever done. It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, but I'm so glad I'm not a guy because, oh, my God. It's awful. That is that's it's awful. Butt. You got fifty of you in a holding cell, and you're and you're you have your boxers on, and and half of the half of the holding cell is 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 kicking. So you got yeah. guys puking and peeing and all this stuff, right? right? And you'd think that that'd be enough, you know? You would think, but it's not. It's not. You know, yeah. Because I, I I try to figure out a way where I can continue to use, and maybe that won't happen the next time. Yeah. But it always happens like that. Always. Yeah, like every time I've been arrested, I found a way to get out. And I, all I did, all I learned from being in there was I am never going to get arrested again. Not, I better quit using, you know, it's like, I better quit. Like, I better learn how to drunk drive well. Right. That was my thought the first time, you know. And it's like, after the first time, my, my parents made it very abundantly clear, like, we are never bailing you out of jail again. Like, right. absolutely not. So, I, but so then after that, it wasn't like, well, I better not get arrested again. It was like, I better find somebody who will, which I did. Right. You know, it's like, there's always, somebody there's always something that we can do that you know so we don't have to give up what we're doing we don't want to give up the drugs or the alcohol right that's it's that's always that's been so many of my epic addict fails i think is it's like i could have like like for example i used to go the way i used to kick was i would go to psych wards like i would go like okay i gotta kick i can't afford meds oh my god I can't go through this I'm like you know when you're on the streets for too long and you're just too strung out to even like have a have a scam or a hustle to get drugs and you're just like fuck okay I gotta kick so I would go to a I would go I'm gonna kill myself to a cop 
And they would always, by the end, they were like, oh, God, with her again. And they were like, do you have a plan? And I'd be like, yes. And I'd just start making stuff up. So they would have to take me. And like, when I remember one of the cops, it was the second time he had driven me to, because um, for some reason, they would always take me to Marin. Um, oh, because I had, I had been in a sober living in Marin. That's I had left there. But so they would take me to Marin General, you know, and he was like, you know, I'm getting sick of this. <laughs> like I'm, It was like he knew me and he was my dad or something, the way he would talk about it. But one time I ended up, it was this, this was when I was in San Francisco, I ended up, uh, I went to Alta Bates in Berkeley. That place was pretty crazy. Because it's like I was saying um, last week, like when the drugs wear off, we're just us. But we're surrounded by these people who have this actual ailment where they're really hearing voices and they're really crazy. You know, it's like and we're, we can leave and they can't. It's like, God, I should stop doing this before I end up that way. But I went to St. Luke's in San Francisco and that was the time. Again, I didn't end up using for good or, or end using for good. But I, I got the point there because the girl who was in a room with me, I don't know what they did to her. It was like someone flew over the cuckoo's nest stuff. She came back to the room and she was like drooling and just not herself. And I was like, you were talking to me an hour ago. Like, what did they do? And she like didn't know who I was and just had, I mean, she was just dead. They just hit her with shock treatment. I don't know what they did. <laughs> if it was a frontal lobe removal or what they did, but it was like, oh my God. And I mean, I literally had to call my dad, call a therapist. Like I had to have them come, come in and bust me out. Like they came, it was crazy. My dad's like, don't you ever do that again. And my mom gave me all this like literature about how people end up getting lost in the psych system. And, you know, so, so that ended my whole run with uh, going to detox in a psych ward. Cause but it, the thing is, is I knew back in, when was it? I think it was 2000 when I was doing that. I knew that they had gotten what was then a new drug called buprenorphine in the psych wards of the people who had it. And buprenorphine I thought was a great kick med. You know, because it's like methadone, but not as awful as methadone ended up being. Um, so yeah, I would end up doing that and being so scared. I like I could have I could totally be in a psych ward right now, like on the inside, going help, and on the outside not being able to talk. <laughs> you know what I help, mean? Help me! <laughs> I know, like, and my eyes are like, help me! I'm alive inside of here, but my mouth won't move because I'm on Thorazine, right. just doing the Thorazine shuffle around. <laughs> I can't imagine I would have been content like that. Like I would probably have wanted to die. But yeah, that was definitely one of my epic attic fails. And like we're saying, the whole point of this is like the you can look back on it and laugh. That's right. You know, we can look back on it and go, okay, that was funny because we lived through it. We lived to tell about it. Yeah, and we've done uh, and we've done work in recovery again. Uh, you know, I want to emphasize. You know, we do some work in recovery, and and it's not it, it's not crazy hard work. You know, it's just yeah. it's the work we do, and and it makes those things not threatening to us. Right? Yeah, we understand that it's just part of the disease, you know. Exactly, it's not who I am. It's what I do when I'm when I'm loaded, and 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 we look at it and we have some laughs. Yeah, because there's some funny stories, you know. And if you know, for those that are embarrassed about that stuff, go to more meetings and and listen to some of the stories because there's some good ones. Oh, there are some great oh, ones. They're hoots. There yeah. are some absolutely great ones. Yeah, I remember uh, there's this woman. Uh, I went to a, a treatment center called Pomero in San Diego County, and there's a woman who ran it named Mary Joyce, who was really big in the recovery community. And she used to say, "I'm an open book. I can't be blackmailed." And that's the thing that's so good about the work we do is I don't care who knows. Right. You can't blackmail me. You can't threaten to say anything. Like I'm talking about it, and I'm okay with what I did because I know that what I'm doing right now is right. That's right. You know, and by right, I mean like, you know, I'm doing, the, I'm living life the right way and everything. 
Um, but yeah, I really, I really loved that she said that it took me, unfortunately, so long to get it. And but when I did go through and started making my amends the first time, it was really important to me to clean everything up because I don't want to be able to be blackmailed. I don't want to be carrying a, a, you know, a bunch of stuff on my shoulders. Right. And that's what's so great about recovery is it's like you're free of all that. You have to drop the rock. You do. Exactly. Literally and figuratively. Drop that thing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And break the pipe and step on it too. Like literally drop that. Yeah. I mean, I love that. We were talking. I was talking. Somebody said a meeting last week. And it's really funny because he's a newcomer. He goes, you know. I really feel like normal people would also benefit from AA here from the 12 steps. I forget which one he said. And we were all laughing. It's like, yeah, they would. They're they normal. would, actually. There's nobody who wouldn't benefit from some kind of a recovery program. I agree. So today's thank you for listening. It was our Epic Addict Fail episode of the week. Um, if you have comments or observations or topics you would like us to discuss, the email is radio rehab at gotoproductions.com. That's G-O-T-O productions.com. The phone number is 415-496-9511. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's at Radio Rehab Dana. This is a daily show that we're doing, so like it, subscribe to it, tell your friends about it. We will be back again tomorrow with Doug H. when our topic will be relationships in recovery. Stay tuned. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll